0: Mike Jones with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. The city of Bentonville has a bond election on April 13th where residents will be asked to approve up to $266 million in bonds by extending a one cent city sales tax. Among the bond items is, a, is $6.6 million for a new radio system, $3.9 million for a fire training facility, and $1.6 million for a police training facility. Uh, with me today are uh, Bentonville Police Chief John Simpson, uh, Captain John Hubbard with the Bentonville Police Department, Battalion Chief Jeremy Metcalf with the Fire Department and Deputy Fire Chief Kevin Boyston with the Fire Department. Uh, thanks for being with me today, gentlemen. I appreciate it Thank you uh, We'll start with the uh, the radio system um, i have I've saw the, I've seen the city's presentation and i I know the needs that that are out there but uh, if you could explain what the need is with the radio system, how old it is. Uh, kind of what the problems are right now and uh, what this new system will mean to the city.
1: So our, our current system that we're using is about 15 years old. Um, the system that we're looking at going with is a Project 25 or P25 radio system, which is kind of this national standard that, that they put out. Um, the county or all of our mutual aid departments around us have switched over to AWIN, which is a P25 radio system that's ran through the state of Arkansas. And so to be able to have the interoperability and communication with other agencies, uh, it's something we've got to get on board with. And so we're currently in the process of uh, evaluating both of those, whether it's a, a standalone P25 or joining AWIN. Um, we're working with a consultant right now to um address those issues and and uh, move forward so.
0: so if there is a um, I know interoperability is 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 a big buzzword with the radio system yes, I mean how now if Bentonville say police needs to get a hold of Rogers how, do, how does that work if there's not a I mean is it a phone call is uh is, is, is it, how does that work if if you guys don't have that interoperability with the with the other local agencies?
2: Well, there's actually two ways that we uh, communicate right now, and that's via a phone call and or the ACIC terminal. Mm-hmm. So um, we can type messages and stuff back and forth. That offers probably right now um, the best uh, tracking purposes. Should we need a record of that or mm-hmm. something as well? What, what what kind of problems?
0: I mean. I don't want if you if you have a specific incident, but I mean, what kind of problems does it not does it present not having it? I mean, uh, if maybe if you go back to the the fire from December of, of last year, I mean, I know there were lots of agencies that responded. How did they get over here? Were those were those calls from you guys? I mean, how did that, how did that work?
1: When we put in a call for uh, assistance or request for service, you know, from another agency, it goes through our dispatch center right gotcha. now, and then our dispatch center contacts the other dispatch centers. Uh, the way we communicate now on the scene is you know currently used to we could just switch over to different radio channels Uh, now that they're on a different system the county rod you know other departments uh, it's a little a lot of times what it is going to involve now is when we get on the scene is us finding whoever's in charge or them coming to one of us and us giving them an extra radio Mm -hmm. um our dispatch and uh, the county dispatch, as well as Rogers, would probably be on board. Is working on a patch right now that would allow the communication for them to be able to come over to our frequency. You know, all done behind the scenes in the in the software on the consoles. But currently, right now, we're in a state of we just we basically have to meet one on one, hand each other radios, um, until we can address those issues. So. In,
2: in in these patches that uh, um, Chief Metcalf is talking about is more it's more of a temporary situation Mm -hmm. back when we had the uh uh uh, gatherings back last summer um, where we all had to kind of get together for example we connected a patch uh so that we could still be able to try and communicate using one uh radio system Mm -hmm. so to speak but it it was pretty unreliable it didn't uh really there again it's a temporary fix um very very short-lived uh there's just a lot of problems with doing that type of patch that they're they're working on right now it's it's okay and it provides an avenue at, at you know during emergencies and stuff and what have you but it's just kind of a temporary deal
0: so all of the dispatching and correct me if I'm wrong but all of the dispatching is done out of the police department is that, uh, yes okay yes they, so, so police and fire calls would are all routed through for, for the city are routed through the police department okay that's correct. so uh, Chief Hubbard or uh, Captain Hubbard if you would describe I know there was a, a sir, I know there was a, um, um, uh, back in December, a, a consulting firm looked at the radio system and basically mm-hmm. said, hey, there, you guys got lots of problems. <laughs> what, what are the main problems w- with the system now? I mean, I know you talked about there was a lightning strike in two th- two, 2013 that knocked yeah. out some of the consoles, and now the updates won't, won't I mean, just uh, what are the problems with the system right now? I mean, obviously, it's working, but...
2: Well, everything that we have right now in place, um, I I used uh, our Cox Tower area uh, as far as a good representation, because if you went out and looked at that and uh, our building, like we just built this uh, multimillion dollar dispatch center that's all hardened, for example, right? Well, we have several hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment um, sitting in this room, or this building that's basically the same thing you'd put in your backyard to store your lawnmower it's not hardened um, our generators uh, you know those don't get tested and ran all the time like we do at the buildings here to make sure everything's going to fire up at the right time our whole system really is just dilapidated so bad that we just need to start from ground up unfortunately and it's you know it's just there again this is a, a revolving every 15 to 20 year thing if you can get 20 years you're you're uh, you've done quite well um, mm-hmm. with the radio system, but everything we have out there is just I mean it's probably been there since i started here, in, uh, 27, mm-hmm. 28 years ago. Um, I know you so and so. I had, I talked via email and you'd
0: mentioned some problems with uh, uh, in building communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I, you mentioned certain places where there's not great coverage, and then you mentioned terrain in North Bentonville causes some 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 problems. This new radio system will cover. Ninety-five percent.
2: Well, that's I mean, that's or, the that's the goal is to get ninety-five percent coverage. That's going to take a, a little partnership. Still, Walmart's a great partner in their buildings and stuff, um, uh, putting up some uh, antennas and stuff within those areas for us. Um, but um, there's there's still going to be issues. I mean, trains going to cause an issue no matter what radio system mm-hmm. you have. I mean, it would require uh, several hundred thousand dollars more to to put these little localized antennas down in some of these ravines and things mm-hmm. to, to actually get, uh, and I, I think to expect 100% coverage, uh, I don't care how much money you spend, sure. is gonna be a little impossible, but it should help. Um, you know, Our biggest part of the growth right now is Southwest, the Southwest corridor out toward the airport, and uh, all of our towers are on the north end, pretty much. We have one centrally located here um, at the Bentonville Plaza, but right now our, our reaching out to that uh, very populated area of our city and stuff uh, is a little difficult and it's flat pretty much uh, for the most part so with the new system if it's approved by
0: voters what what will what will the city be getting I besides the p25 system I mean are there are there individual radios are there are there new consoles if you kind of if you could kind of explain kind of what the the hardware and and software and everything might look like
1: so i mean the first thing they're about they've got to evaluate is our tower locations um to figure out how we can maximize and get that hit that 95 percent coverage that you know we we asked for and is kind of required um so once they do their maps with with towers and they can do they'll be able to map out a pretty good idea and say hey you guys aren't going to have coverage here so we're going to have to move a tower here but with that, uh, the current radios we're using are a different frequency than what would be on a, a P25 or an a radio, which runs off a of seven to 800 megahertz. And our current stuff's four fifties, So um, we'd have the hardware, as far as the users would go, would be different radios, um, handhelds and mobiles in our uh, vehicles. And then the console upgrades would have to be done for that frequency and to be able to receive the, the new technology, um, you know, all digital. And so, uh, you know once we once we get done with the consultant and kind of figure out which direction the city is going to go whether it be a standalone p25 mm-hmm. or join a win then it's a matter of you know what towers are currently in place what can be used what are we going to need to add and then as far as radios p25 radio is a p25 radio it's not going to matter if we're on a win or our own it's the same radio that we can use on either one of them mm-hmm. um, so it's just a matter of you know are we going to have our own controller and run our own system or is it going to be ran out of little rock through the awin system and so that's something that you know i mean once the consultant's done and, and we can get the information out to you know all our stakeholders in the city and and then the city decides which direction we want to go with it So, john do you have anything that we need to add to that sure.
2: No, I think uh, I think that was all pretty pretty decent. Um, we talk about our, our dispatch consoles. Sure. I mean, we, we're talking about computer technology. We know that evolves every five to seven years. Our current uh, consoles, um, you know, we can't even update those costly right now because of the particular models and stuff that we have, uh, Motorola, for example, mm-hmm. has quit uh, supporting those. So we. You know, we're already at the seven-year mark since the lightning strike when those things happen to where we can't even refresh just the computer side of things. We already have the software, mm-hmm. so to speak, but uh, those are no longer even supported. So, so you're uh, having technical support on no. those. On the well, right. I mean, they can come in, well, and sure. I mean, I, I guess if a, if a uh, power supply failed or something, those are pretty easily replaced. Mm-hmm. But if the whole computer goes down and stuff, then uh, trying to reinstall software and stuff that's not supported would be a little difficult. So the P
0: twenty five system w- will give you the interoperability with all of the local jurisdictions from Benton County, Sincom, Washington County, where, Springdale. But, I mean, yeah. But there's not been a decision yet on joining A wins. N- not totally, not okay. yet. No, okay. or uh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Is there a, a pro or a so, con to to, to having A wins?
2: So I, mean, I know what the pros would be. So so just to just to emphasize the P twenty five. This is an ATCO. The uh, American Public Communications—it's uh, uh, a standard that has been set or, or requested to be used in all public safety communications. Okay, so it's just a standard. If we can get to the P twenty five standard in our radio systems, um, uh, we we can be a standalone uh, uh, radio system, but still be an A partner. Mm-hmm. The standalone is just providing the area. Uh, we, we don't have a master controller site in this whole area. Everything's down in in South Arkansas, where everything's run run from. And uh, I think they they we're, we're waiting to see confirmation, I guess, to see if they're still going to stick one in this area, mm-hmm. um, and all. Um, I mean, it's just a little more complicated um, and stuff, but. Uh, uh, it's, it's just a standard to get there mm-hmm. and we can still it, it, whether we do standalone or whatever we can still be an A-Wing partner Sure. so um, it's just a matter of cost effectiveness and uh, what best serves the citizens of Bentonville and uh, stuff is what we're trying to do With this mm-hmm. new
0: system and, and this will be uh, the, the last question what, what kind of peace of mind do you think it, would give, it will give to the citizens and,
2: and to fire and police departments to have
0: an up to date radio system
2: well i I, I know uh, on the police officer side of things, and uh, I'll let Jeremy correct me if I'm wrong, even on the firefighter side of things um, I mean we we rely on that equipment on a daily basis to save our lives and stuff. Um, so it, it's a it's a huge thing for for the public safety uh, employees and stuff um, and I would hope that, that would carry over with the citizens as well, knowing that when we get out there in the field and stuff we have some communications I mean, uh, I mean, that's what the whole world's about this mm-hmm. time is instant communications and stuff, and and we still need that. As archaic as a portable radio seems these days, it's still a necess- a necessary tool for our uh, jobs. Mm-hmm. So, will uh, uh, a new system
0: increase response times, or is that just built into how fast you can get to a scene?
1: I, I don't. I don't know that a new system, I mean, is going to increase response times. I mean, there's a whole lot of factors that go into, you know, response times. But, um, you know, if it involves mutual aid departments, it could speed it up just because of the ease of communication between us and a different agency versus having to go through dispatch and their dispatch contact. There, you know, and that takes time by the time it gets relayed to the end user. So, on on that aspect in the city, increasing response time. Um, it would provide us better communication with our dispatch to get out information in a timely manner. But I don't see it really speeding up, you yeah. know. Well,
2: spe- speaking of the interoperability and the fire that you've mentioned, Mike, um, if you think about that, if, if they're requesting mutual aid from other agencies and stuff uh, um, to come in this area, just having that communication in the rate, in, in the units where everybody can hear that maybe we're on a mutual aid channel mm-hmm. Um, and everybody uh, is talking. Those those radios right there would definitely save time because then they don't have to be transmitted or anything like that. I mean, it's just direct communication with the people that are responding. Okay. And so there's no there's no translation in between. Mm-hmm. You know, calling this center, that center, calling stuff like that. So yeah, that could uh, definitely save time as well, in, in my opinion. Okay. Um, also on the bond issue, Are
0: uh, police and Fire training facilities, Um, Chief Simpson. I was uh, wondering if you could tell me just why a facility like this is needed and uh, how important it is to have. I understand that uh, both in uh, both uh, uh, in Bentonville, there are no uh, both departments have to go outside for fire training purposes. I guess there's no. I guess everyone around here has a fire training facility and/or and a police training facility. Rogers, Springdale. Fayetteville, et cetera, Benton County. Um, uh, what would this mean to, to Bentonville? I know you and I had talked about it's hard to get times, you know, the, the, the Law Enforcement Academy in Springdale is busy, uh, you, you know, Benton County's busy. I mean, how, how, how important is it uh, just, just to be able to get your own facility and not have to schedule time?
3: Well, I think it's very important, and I think we all know that the public's expectations about law enforcement are very high right now. We have 84 sworn officers, and as you stated, finding a, a location to do training outside of classroom training is pretty difficult. You know, right now we can do a lot in house if it involves more of a classroom setting, but if it's something that involves an outdoor setting, more space, firearms related, range training, uh, scenario type based training, uh, we really don't have a, a set place to do that. So, what we end up doing is uh, asking uh, for assistance from other agencies and that may include as you stated uh, Benton County Rogers and in some cases Washington County recently uh, we had uh, a situation where we had to go out and do some firearms qualifications and we had to go to a private uh, indoor range to accomplish that because there were no other locations available mm-hmm. to us so having the option of being able to you know train at, at our at our own schedule is a great one because we are employed you know 24. Uh, hours a day, seven days a week, uh, tasked with uh, a lot of responsibilities for the city of Bentonville and trying to fit in training uh, can be difficult when you don't have a dedicated facility.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, talk about some of the features that would be in, in, the, in the facility. I, I, I think a lot of people would be interested in the, in, in, in the simulator. That seems like a big part of it, but, uh, and I know there's other aspects as well. I want you to touch on that, but, but could you start with the simulator and kind of what that, uh, what that would mean as far as officer training? yeah, the simulator
3: uh, is a big part of it because uh, once again, you know the, the expectations on law enforcement right now are very high. And in an effort to to meet those expectations, we have we know that we have to train in a lot of different scenarios, some of which we don't see very often. Uh, some of the scenarios that we know we have to train in, you know might include you know a, a case that involves mental illness or or an autism related case, or uh, just a, a case in general that might require de-escalation techniques. And this would allow officers to train in all those categories and do so in an environment that is as realistic as possible and that we can evaluate and that we can make changes and and make uh, uh, suggestions and then do it all again and uh, actually have some real practice at some of the most difficult things that law enforcement has to handle right now.
0: So I understand in this software, um, a particular officer could like start at point A and then the training could escalate to, and then you could go back over with Officer A and say, "You're doing this right. You're maybe we need exactly. to work here." And that, that type of situation. Exactly.
3: And a lot of the a lot of the training-based scenarios are actually derived from real cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can even input some of our own uh, concerns that might uh, uh, apply directly to the city of Bentonville. We could even, for example, input some of our own locations. We could have okay. we could have uh, virtual simulations of of actual locations within the city of Bentonville, mm-hmm. which would just up the not, not only the, the, the realism of the training to a great degree, but also the uh, the effectiveness
0: of it. In the simulator, you can have up to four officers at a time? I
3: think so. I, I, I think maybe even more than that. We, uh, uh, as I recall, I think that uh, we can have up to uh, five screens and, and three
0: officers. OK, OK, of OK. Um, what other things would be in, in a facility like this?
3: Uh, well, a facility like this would also have the, the outdoor element, which is you know traditionally known as a as a firing range, mm-hmm. and the importance of that you know first off is maintaining qualifications and proficiency in firearms, which is a state standard. Uh, so that's something that we try to or we or we do accomplish uh, several times a year to actually meet that state standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once again, having a location that's our own, to where we don't have to schedule ahead of time. Uh, to do so is of great importance.
0: And That's going to be a hundred yard facility.
3: It would be yes. Okay. It would be a hundred yard facility, and it would have uh, uh, a uh, uh, lead reclamation type.
0: Uh, yeah, if you would talk about that, I, I was reading about that in the city's presentation. That sounds pretty interesting—a way to catch the lead and then, you know, sell it back to someone that or you know to, to give it back to someone that you know uses the lead. I mean, how, how, how does that work?
3: Well, it really is pretty interesting because uh, what occurs is. The entire uh, uh, setup is made to where that nothing is introduced to the soil, so it's so it's absolutely uh, uh, ecologically friendly. Mm-hmm. There's no worry about having to excavate or remove lead after a certain period of time, which is also uh, a requirement of the law, mm-hmm. and uh, there would be no concern about doing that. In fact, it would it would keep up with that automatically and then the lead would actually be available for reclamation and resale so the lead that
0: would go downrange right would be, okay okay right. Interesting. A-
3: absolutely uh uh ecologically responsible yes okay
0: and then would this facility be open to other law enforcement agents kind of like you guys have had to go to other people would it be open to other law enforcement agencies as the, as you could schedule them in
3: you know, absolutely. A big part of law enforcement and the fire service alike is interoperability. We talked about that with the radio programs, and that extends to mutual training to be able to to be able to uh, plan and train together for events that might uh, require more personnel and more resources than we have. Mm-hmm. So yes, the uh, agency uh, uh, interoperability, the assisting other agencies the training with other agencies can be a big part of this uh, proposal.
0: And I understand that that a location has already been selected on some city land?
3: We do. We have a proposed location that's uh, behind uh, the National Guard Armory on Highway 12, Mm -hmm. and it's actually the back part of some city-owned property. It's about 20 acres back there. That's kind of low-lying, and and as as, uh, luck would have it, really, the land lends itself very well to this sort of uh, uh, development because uh, the range itself, where it needs to set for the for the best safety of of everyone, mm-hmm. including you know surrounding uh, properties, uh, it really lays out nicely to be able to do that. It has a natural grade that this can actually fit right into, and that's on the last section of some city-owned property.
0: Okay, all right. Well, thank you, uh, Chief Simpson. We'll uh, talk with. Uh, Deputy Chief Boydston now about the fire training center. Um, if you would, how, how has fire training changed from, um, I know you, I know the department still does live burns or you know, people that would give you a house to burn, things like that, but how, how, how will this facility better facilitate training as opposed to maybe doing it that way?
4: Our only option right now in order to, to train our fire personnel Uh, to do one of the most hazardous things out there in fighting fire uh, is we're dependent upon donated structures, uh, using donated structures. Uh, That brings with it from a a federal standpoint and a state standpoint and and even a a local standpoint, its own implications on pulling that off. And then we're also held to the property owner's timetable in order to do it. Typically to use a building like that, takes a minimum 45 to 60 days in order to clear all the legal hurdles and all the, all the uh, compliances that have to be done. And then after that, um, it takes us about 160 workforce hours to try and bring a donated structure up. There's, there's 40 extra points with the National Fire Protection Agency that we have to follow if we're gonna use a building such as that. And on top of that, trying to ensure our firefighter safety. What they already do is hazardous. Uh, and the training in and of of itself is also hazardous. Um, So we run a a great deal of risk in trying to ever pull this off. And with that, when we use the donated structure, uh, it takes us an additional 50% personnel in order to be the standby in case Mm -hmm. something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we've kind of exceeded the days, especially with the dynamics of the city. Uh, There's plenty of donated structures out there, Mm -hmm. but uh, to meet that criteria um, is virtually impossible uh, for us to address. And then on top of that, just the the sheer density of the community Mm -hmm. just doesn't allow for this anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's distance requirements. uh, There's, from top to bottom, there's concerns with the environment, Mm -hmm. uh, which the EPA does give some waivers on that. for us to use these, so we've really reached a point for a, a city like Bentonville, we've reached a point where that's just not feasible anymore. Mm-hmm. And with the number of personnel we we currently need to train seven stations, uh, having those buildings few and far between, we're not getting ample uh, opportunity to bring these personnel and keep them trained. Every fire is different, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we need a structure that'll allow us to uh, put forth to them high-rise type mm-hmm. situations, uh, as well as residential situations uh, in order to train safely as well.
0: So the facility, how how tall would you expect it to be? 50 feet.
4: 50 feet, okay, so yeah, five, stories, feet. Yeah, okay. Right. five stories essentially? Essentially five stories, right. uh, which this particular structure allows us to simulate high-rise, which uh, Bentonville's kind of making <laughs> some advancements in that area. <laughs> yes. Sir. Um, to deal with. Uh, it also will allow our rescue team uh, on technical rescue. You know, one of the things that we anticipate as we move forward is we're gonna see more and more high angle rescues, especially with construction that's going on right now. And this building provides for that as well. Um, it allows us to bring two or three crews together, but keep them in service. Uh, that's what's another problem that is in, inherent uh, with this type of uh, training structure burn that we do right now is it requires so many people, uh, we have to bring people in off duty because at the end of the day, we don't get to take time off from protecting the city. All that has to go on at the same time that we train and to do these training evolutions, if it's requiring you know, 20, 25 people in, in order to pull it off, uh, that pretty much is a day's staffing uh, for all of our stations. Uh, and we can't afford to do that. So this building will provide for that and allow us to uh, make advances in, in our training evolutions to, make, to help our folks be better prepared.
0: A lot of people will think of, you know, okay, you guys just fight fires, but you yeah, guys, yeah. the fire department is a first responder for <laughs> yeah. how many different things?
4: Uh, there's a number of disciplines in, involved. We are, the, we are the designated rescuer for the city. So any type of rescue, uh, whether it's high angle, low angle, uh, confined space, hazardous materials, uh, hazmat, um, we have to deal with all those aspects as well as we also fulfill the fire, uh, the vehicle extrication, and then also the ambulance service for the city. Mm-hmm. We do all those disciplines.
0: Right. In in this facility, I understand that it will, uh, a lot of it will meet all EPA guidelines. Yeah. Uh, uh, is, is it a is it a mm-hmm. propane heat that would that, that would produce? We have un-
4: identified propane. Okay. Uh, you you have options. We're we're going for a clean burn building, mm-hmm. uh, and we've opted for propane. One of the things firefighters have to deal with, and and uh, there's different dynamics we can incorporate to try and and uh, simulate this. But inside a structure, typically they're Encountering 800, 900 degrees, uh, they've got to be able to recognize when they approach 1, 1,100 degrees, the inherent hazards that come with that, uh, in forecasting and preventing that from happening. This building will not provide for that, uh, but we will be able to work with temperatures in the neighborhood of 500 degrees. And and the nice thing about propane, if you've got a if you've got a propane grill at home, you'll notice when you light it off, you get that orange flame, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, However, if you're burning with natural gas, you'll see it's a bluer flame, uh, so propane gives us the option to give a better simulation of the fire and its characteristics in that respect, uh, but it will not smoke, so we'll we'll use what most people would refer to as Hollywood or theatrical mm-hmm. smoke mm-hmm. in order to provide for that aspect.
0: So would you guys be able to do something like you know around Thanksgiving? you see it around Christmas, you see it you know someone that uh, you know is trying to cook a turkey outside mm-hmm. and it, catches the house on fire, or Mm -hmm. the the Christmas tree catches on fire. Would you guys be able to set up demonstrations like that in a facility We will,
4: and and that's something that this building will allow us to do, is to enhance uh, our public interaction. Uh, It gives us an area where we can do these demonstrations, where they can be filled, where we can put them on the the city's website. Mm -hmm. Uh, This building will also have a room that when we talk about Christmas trees and things like that, it does have a, a small room that can be used for Class A burning uh, for situations just like that if, if, if you're wanting to do uh, informational type.
0: Uh, I know as Chief Simpson and I talked about, there's, you know, the, the police uh, facility has a, a simulator. Is there anything similar mm-hmm. at, the, at, at, at this facility?
4: This facility, what it will do, since we're not burning Class A, or we're not burning materials such as wood or hay or anything like that, uh, it will have what's called stainless steel props and these props are in the shapes of uh, uh, Appliances home appliances kitchen cabinets uh, Beds and things of that nature uh, And it is a it is a complicated system. You can turn it on and turn it off with a switch uh, It'll only burn for you know five minutes ten minutes in order for you to do your evolutions and um, So that is really what we get, and and these can be moved, and in this particular building, uh, the walls can be adjusted, Mm -hmm. uh, which allows us to uh, create uh, different dynamic factors uh, when they're doing search and rescues and things of that nature. Sure, sure,
0: okay. uh, how How important is it for you to have a facility like for the city to have a facility like this i uh, you know i I looked at the one at salem Springs the other mm-hmm. day i mean that's a you know four story facility mm-hmm. that I think opened up what two years ago uh-huh. uh, seems to be meeting their needs uh I mean how important is it for the city to have something like this
4: for for us it's extremely important because firefighters typically in an emergency don't get a second chance to do it right and the the whole basis of our profession is training. It it, it truly is. Uh, We can't think of everything that could possibly happen out there, but we try. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we go to to extreme lengths in simulations and training to recreate uh, these types of circumstances, uh, teach our firefighters uh, from a subconscious level how to read and react without having to take the time to use cognitive thought in order to sit down and write it out. We wanna be able to see it and react to it and react to it in a professional manner that's gonna be successful. Has, a, um, so ha,
0: has there been a location selected yet? I know that was probably uh, so something that was up in there's,
4: there. There hasn't been a location selected yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still a, a few under review. Um, so we haven't reached that point as far as to the exact location. Right. But location is important. All right.
0: Well, gentlemen, I uh, appreciate you joining me today. I know you guys took time out of your schedule, and I appreciate it. And uh, just want to say thank you for joining me today. Thank,
4: thank, you. thank you. you. Appreciate, appreciate it, Mike. Mike. Thank you.
0: This is Mike Jones with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Look for the bond issue story in Sunday's paper.